Hello and welcome to the No So Podcast, your weekly home for all things wrestling. I'm your host, Joseph Lessel, and I'm along with the Human Wrestling Database, Corey Mack. Hey, hey. Devin Dalwig. Hey, hey. And No So's Living Legend, Mike Boo. Hi, everybody. How is it going, guys? It's going, Joe. Yeah? Enjoying uh, WWE lately? Uh, no. Fuck no. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, if I may. Can someone get that door? It's a little drafty in here. Oh, you, you are correct, because WWE is doing the 2016 draft all over again. We're back, baby. The Cubs on top. Hell yeah. Have we checked your emails? Oh, <laughs> someone's about to win the presidential election. Dictatorship. Fuck. So. Oh. <laughs> Bum, bum. Are you sure it's 2016 we have to go back to? Uh, did you guys see that somebody... Um, Might be better than 2020. Somebody did what the sports, like, kind of, like, oh, every time someone, like, every time the Bears beat the Colts in a presidential election, uh, the Republican wins. So everyone's like, well, Colts uh, lost this year, so... Or no. I think it's a Democrat won. one. Colts won. Colts won. Oh, Colts won. So the Colts won. Every time the Colts beat the Bears... The Repu- Republican always wins, and it's just like, don't you fucking put that voodoo. Don't you put that juju on me. Yes, WWE is doing their 2020 draft, and you guys seem not excited. Or one does, Devin, I believe you do. Oh, yeah, I'm so excited to see the same people on just on different Joe, shows. I've never been closer to just saying I'm no? not watching WWE. Yeah? yeah? Really? No, really. Stay tuned. Like, I don't know what that means for this podcast, but <laughs> I'm almost done. Uh, it means happiness. Yeah. It means like, joy. joy. <laughs> it's less stress. It, it means me just shutting up while you guys talk about uh, WWE stuff for half an hour. Dollar Then when any other promotion comes up, I'll, I'll chime in, but I'm almost at Ricky levels. Ooh. Ooh. Shots fired at Jeff. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> DefCon Rick. Are you going to be our savior, Corey? <laughs> We're <a> DefCon Rick. <laughs> God damn it, we're on DefCon Rick. Oh, God. I never thought we would get to this day on for Corey for Defcon Rick. Is so, that going to super kick you in the face? I think so. <laughs> what, I got to sell it. Like, what are you doing here? Even though you sat here the whole time. So, let's get into the draft so far since uh, we're filming on day on the day of Raw. So, they're, I think so. In all so fairness, it doesn't sound like we're missing anything. We're, we are really not. So, let's talk about what they have done so far. First, on SmackDown, with the first overall pick... Raw got Drew McIntyre, so nothing changed, nothing new. He should have been the number one pick, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think this guy should have been the number one pick if it was for SmackDown, too, because SmackDown took with their first pick Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman. But Raw will always get the first pick because they draft three to yeah. SmackDown's two. Yes. So then Raw drafts Asuka, and now the SmackDown savior, Seth Rollins. Oh, it's SmackDown savior. Yeah, that's what I think they're recalling him. Then they then Raw drafted the Hurt Business, and this guy can't work Fridays because it's his son's football season. So AJ Styles got drafted to Raw. Sasha Banks st- stays with SmackDown. Naomi goes to Raw. Bianca Belair goes to SmackDown. Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler stays on Raw. Ricochet stays on Raw. Jay Uso stays on SmackDown. Mandy, who just got traded. To Raw, just got drafted to Raw. So Seth Rollins gets drafted to SmackDown. Like, oh, okay, we're done with the Mysterio family situation. Round two. Round, <laughs> round three. Oh, round 
SmackDown drops Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio. Smack, uh, SmackDown loses to Raw, The Miz, and Morrison. Kofi and Xavier Woods of the New Day get drafted to Raw. There's three people in, in the ratio. I won't say his name because Big E is going to stay on SmackDown. As Big E. Normans. Uh, Dana Brooke, who somehow showed up on Raw a couple of weeks ago with Mandy, is drafted to Raw. Good old darn. Can I just say that it doesn't bode well for Dana Brooke where, you know, they give the, the highlights when you're drafted. Yeah. And after being on the main roster for five years, her first highlight still says, former fitness competitor. Jesus Christ. Uh, R-Truth just got drafted, and his said, best friend, Lola Jimmy. Well, that was like well, a two, that was like two I mean, yeah. That makes sense for our truth. <laughs> yeah. That still has something to do with the wrestling business. Uh, also, Otis <laughs> Otis got, stays on SmackDown as they break up heavy machinery as an Angel Garza goes to Raw. So, guys, okay. what do you guys think the, of the, the night rest. one of the 2020 <laughs> WWE draft? So let's just say, where do I start? Just start <laughs> off. I'm not surprised because uh, the next morning Murphy also goes to SmackDown. I was going to bring that up. They in a drafted that entire storyline over because it's the most over story they've done all year, and Fox wants it. Um, Aaliyah Mysterio is going to get a huge contract. Mark my words. There's already talk about it. Her, she's loved backstage, and more importantly, the stuff with her and Murphy on YouTube is doing massive numbers. Way more than any of the wrestling posts. Just, just them talking is getting two million views a year, a week. So she's going to get a contract. And she'll probably get pushed more than Dominic, to be honest. Does she have any interest in wrestling? Hell no. She, absolutely not. She does not want to wrestle. She wants nothing to do with it. But you don't say no to that money. Well, I, I think she's got aspirations to act or something like that. So this is not a bad first a good, step. You know, for the door. If nothing else, she'll learn time cues, memorizing lines, stuff that's important yeah. for television work. So if you're 19, Whatever. go for it, you know. Um... Roman and Drew staying where they were makes all the sense in the world. Hey, I have a good idea. You fucking love Otis. You love his quirky attitude. The way he plays off Tucker. The thing with Mandy Rose. How do you continue to make Otis over? Strip him of everybody around him that helped make him over. Checks out. I don't see the problem. Uh, The Hurt Business staying on Raw, that makes sense. Asuka staying on Raw, whatever, makes sense. I knew. Um, why the fuck would you um, draft Kofi and Xavier before Big E? Since he's the one that's getting the push, it made him look like shit. He was the left behind that SmackDown gobbled up. Should have been SmackDown grabs him first. Yep. And then Raw takes. Uh, he, uh, he fell down the draft board, yeah. so he lucked like luck into lucked into it's, Big E, which mm. also doesn't help. That also that doesn't help with the fact that the new day of Xavier Woods and Kofi. Win the SmackDown titles, and then they get drafted to the Raw, which we'll talk about in a little bit, <laughs> after the match. So they get drafted after the match. I believe, Corey, you're saying it would have been more important and more ooh and ah if they got drafted before the match? No. It would have made... I have no problem with that part. They needed to be drafted after Big E. Mm. It fucks over Big E to have them drafted first because they look more important. I agree. Raw had the chance to grab the guy you're clearly setting up for a singles push or the two guys that could just be tag champs again, and they chose the tag champs, leaving him available for SmackDown. That tells me the tag team's more important. Big E, it's whatever. They completely fucked it up, as usual. <laughs> that, it was a fucking terrible. It was terrible. Devin? 
Um, I've already forgot the draft picks as you read them. Well, uh, you were we saying you were enjoying like 2016. Uh, but they stole my idea by pushing Big E. I don't, I don't, I don't blame him. Um, Otis is on Raw, isn't he? Smackdown. No, Smackdown. Really? I could have swore he was. No, no they Smackdown. took everything Tucky. from him and put him on Raw. <laughs> he, so it would make sense he'd be on Raw, but he's not. <laughs> and we know he's not going to cash in on Roman. And now he can't even do the storyline where he would cash in for a tag title match. And like, because they took his partner from what him. What the fuck is he going to cash in on the now? IC title? And get one. No. And he's going to win one of Sammy's titles. They will waste it on the twenty four seven. No, title. Sammy threw away the the uh, oh, Jeff Hardy him. belt. He threw it in the trash. No, what they're going to do now, even though Vince still likes him, they stuck him on SmackDown. The only thing they can do is have him cash in on Roman on an episode and have Roman kill him. It, mm-hmm. That's the only thing they can do. Yeah, that it gives just, Roman more heat for killing the baby. Or just not have yeah. him cash in at all. <laughs> just have him forget. I mean, I guess he could be the <laughs> idiot that forgets to cash in in a year. Which I guess. I mean, like, money uh, in the banks after WrestleMania, you could have like, him. I mean, he, could, he could come out and try and cash in like the night after WrestleMania. Like, it was yesterday. Your, your time is up. Yeah. I wouldn't. I mean. So cool, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> no, SmackDown. <sighs> yeah. They fixed everything that they fucked up last year. They put all of the quote-unquote big-time sports entertainers with a Z back on Raw, where they should be, and put more of the workers on SmackDown, which is which was the original whole fucking point anyway. But I, to say that I'm excited would be a fucking understatement. Which is, so that, but then like, the storyline that gets eyeballs is the sports entertainment storyline yeah. anyways. So it went over there because that's It doesn't the even matter. Yeah. That's still going to be the number one push thing in the world, so it's not going to be the wrestling. Fox literally just took all the good storylines off of Raw and put them on SmackDown. Yep. And Pretty left, much it. And left and Raw with a whole bunch of crap. Left Raw with Braun Str- everyone they didn't want I'm not SmackDown. kidding. I feel bad for Drew. Raw looks unwatchable looking so, at this Raw. So on Talking Smack, they had the supplementary draft. And then Umberto Calario stays on Raw. Murphy is going to SmackDown. Let's not, you know, let's, let's not break them okay, apart. hold on. Thank you for bringing that up. That also makes no fucking sense. Murphy's been a pushed commodity all year long. Dana Brooke is a joke. Why was she drafted on the show with an important pick? And Murphy was like the next morning on Talking Smack. Oh, by the way, Murphy's going to SmackDown. Doesn't make sense. It does not. Why would any executive look at the two and be like, oh, the guy who's been pushed and has an upside or Dana Brooke? Well, you know what? We need Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke has two things Murphy does not have. On each side, uh, fitness uh, trophies and so, uh, no, I won't go there because it's still run by Fox. Didn't Lacey so, Evans get drafted to Raw today? Yes. Oh, cool. So you mean to tell me that Raw now has Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Charlotte Flair, and Mandy, and Mandy Rose? Yep. The Put bl- them in a fatal four-way match and tell me which one's which when they get wrestling. Got it. Uh, also on the supplementary dra- uh, draft, Drew Gulak that showed up on Raw a couple weeks ago got drafted to Raw. Kalisto is staying on SmackDown, and they, like I said earlier, they broke up heavy machinery as Tucker is going to Raw. So, another thing, you keep saying it, and that's another thing I wanted to bring up. Oh, he showed up on Raw two weeks ago. They also telegraphed every move they made. All of a sudden, the guys just showed up on Raw to start storylines, and now we're supposed to act like shocked they got traded there? I mean, come on. Is it impossible for that company to try at all to be creative or think outside the box? Yeah, they did a shocking return of uh, Lars oh, yeah, Sullivan. Oh, I'm so happy Lars Sullivan's back. 
A.K.A. Mitch Bennett. Just um, another reason for me not to watch. So let's do what has happened so far on tonight's draft. Uh, Raw got the first pick, and they took The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. Hey, Fiend versus Drew? Cool. Uh, with the second pick, Bailey stays the SmackDown. Randy Orton stays with Raw. The Street Profits, the WWE Raw Tag Team Champions, are now drafted to SmackDown. What's going to happen there, Joe? Um, we'll find out in a minute. Uh, Charlotte Flair stays on Raw. Braun Strowman is now moved to Raw. So we have Braun and uh, The Fiend all over again. Daniel Bryan stays on SmackDown. Matt Riddle is drafted to Raw. Kevin Owens is drafted to SmackDown. Jeff Hardy is on Raw. Retribution, the, the group that wants to destroy WWE, gets drafted by their newly crowned leader, Mustafa Ali. Lars Sullivan is on SmackDown. Keith Lee is on Raw. King Corbin, SmackDown. Bliss, Alexa Bliss is on Raw. Elias, the returning Elias tonight, is on Raw. Sami Zayn is on SmackDown. Lacey Evans, drafted to Raw. Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura, SmackDown. Sheamus on Raw. Apollo Crews to SmackDown. Nikki Cross to Raw. Uh, Dabo Kato, Kato is to Raw. And Dolph Ziggler and uh, Robert Roode to SmackDown. Where, where they were up until July of this year when they were traded for AJ Styles. Yep. Who was so in uh, three months. They were on Raw. Uh, Robert Roode was on Raw one night. Because he just came back from Canada. Um, also, in the uh, quiet free agent, since if you're not drafted, you're a free agent. Uh, Shorty G is staying on SmackDown. And Lince Dorado and Grand Metalik have gone Are, to Raw. Yep. The other two members of the Lucha House Party is on Raw. And Retaliation, or Mercedes Martinez, is now back on NXT. Yeah, she's been dropped from Retribution, and now she's just back to NXT. Who knows? I guess they figured out they only needed one woman in Retribution. Checks out. Although, I don't know. There's tag belts. Just saying. Um, Sounds sounds like shit, Joe. Oh, you think? Not gonna lie. Sounds like absolute shit. Uh, I don't understand (laughs) one of the shows in storyline drafting Retribution. Neither show should want that group. They want to actively destroy your company. Now, there is precedence. In the first draft in 2002, Ric Flair drafted the New World Order to Mm -hmm. Raw. I remember they came in to kill the deaf. Right. Um, but at least they tried to cover it with the storyline that Ric Flair wanted to keep an eye on them and not let Vince McMahon control them and succeed right. in running roughshod. At least they did something storyline-wise. This is a like, cool, yeah, you're trying to kill us. We want you on our team. This is a way to get Please nine draft me. picks in one. <laughs> right. So, yay. Um. Oh, my God. At least they moved all the dead weight that can't wrestle back to Raw. and uh, You mean Braun Strowman and Bray Wyatt? Yeah, and Elias. Matt Riddle, he's a bit of a hot topic Com- yeah. these days. Oh, you uh, don't say, why is that? Raw, okay. Basically, he's got Austin Aries' problem of he'll just say whatever the fuck comes to his mind at any given time. Bro. Um, he doesn't filter himself, and neither does his wife. 
and he, he's got a lot of heat that way. Plus, there's the other, you know, the, the you know, rape, you know, rape but <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. I digress. I, I have no clue. <laughs> Both sides have appeared to be less than honest so far on that thing. So who knows what's going on? Let the courts figure that Let's shit out. Let's just all take a bottom rape and relax. But I can speak to the, um, just shut up, dude. Just fucking shut up. Quit making enemies. Rollins, uh, Rollins flat out on TV said, I don't, I will never wrestle him, so you might as well go to Raw for all I care. And he did. And uh, <laughs> when Rollins has less heat for shit he says than Riddle, maybe take a cue yeah. and shut the fuck up. Uh, if Brock ever comes back, that'll be interesting because they're on the same show, and Brock said he'll never work him, but he'll probably whack the shit out of him if he could. That'd be interesting, actually, so, to see if he shoots shoot? on Brock. Yeah, no, Brock would probably shoot on him, but... Um, Okay. Either way. That would be um, awesome. It would be fucking amazing. Like uh, Two MMA guys? I mean, Brock would murder him. Okay, another thing. Why the fuck would the Intercontinental Champion be in like the fourth round of the draft tonight instead of one of the first ones picked? Because, you know, important title, have it on your show. But no, somewhere in the fourth round, like the 16th pick. Oh, yeah. Sami Zayn. Makes no sense. This <sighs> thing is fucked. Uh, and you're, and uh, what do they do with the tag uh, champs? On oh, yeah. Uh, you know actually, what? Uh, Go ahead, Mike. No, I was going to say, Corey, what did you say they were going to do 24 hours ago? Last night I said they're going to draft Street Profits to SmackDown and because they have absolutely no creative juices in their body at all, they will simply have the two tag teams just trade the belts and consider themselves champs of a different brand now. And now, Joe, uh, what yeah. happened tonight, Unruh? Uh First, Street Profits got uh, drafted to SmackDown and they were backstage and Adam Pierce goes... Hey, since you guys are not on the same or on your opposite brands with the, the opposite title, hand them over to each other. Make it a make a trade. Uh, so the new days now ten times. We were just saying yeah. we were talking about this, so that I believe <laughs> officially that makes the titles vacant and then awarded to another tag team. Son of a <laughs> It's a new day, yes it is. Cool. <laughs> Pretty sure is that the most reigns? When I'm throwing out terrible ideas, like yeah, it's like, like they'll mockingly. Do this. And then they fucking do it 24 hours later as a real thing? Uh, so, so far, this is SmackDown's women division. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bailey, uh-huh. Sasha, mm-hmm. Bianca Belair. Mm-hmm. Also, Nia Jackson and Shayna Baszler are raw mm-hmm. te- the women's tag team champions. So we'll just count the ones that are actually on SmackDown. So three. Okay. How about Raw? Uh, we got Mandy. We got uh, N- Nikki Cross, Charlotte. Um, Lacey. Lacey. Man, uh, uh, Char- uh, there was four blondes. Alexa. Alexa. Oscar. Oscar. Naomi. Uh, <laughs> seven. Baszler. They got nine. Uh, Becky when she comes I mean, back. Becky when she comes back. Technically Mia Yim of Retribution. That's 11. SmackDown has three. All right. What about tag teams? Because Raw had no tag teams. Well, now they have the New Day and Lucha House Party. They have Grand Metal League in that. Yeah, they, uh, uh, Miz and Morrison. Oh, they, oh, oh Raw. Zelina Vega. Zelina <laughs> Vega on Raw. So 12. Uh, Peyton so Royce. 13. Billy Kay. 14. 14. The Riot Squad. 15, 16. 16. <laughs> Natty and uh, Lana. 18. Dana, Bro- Dana Brooke. <laughs> Dana Brooke. There are 19 women on there the There are Raw. 19 women on their roster. And three on <laughs> SmackDown. <laughs> Four. Carmella. Oh, Carmella's on SmackDown. Okay, so there you go. There is n- <laughs> Bailey, Sasha, there Carmella. There are 19 women on Raw. <laughs> Bailey, Sasha, yeah. Carmella, and who was the fourth one? Uh, Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair. Those are the f- Which means yeah. Bailey and Sasha are going to feud for the full year. 
Oh, oh, sorry. Um, also, guys, uh, I believe uh, Mickey James is somewhere. She's so a free she, agent. Yeah. She'll go to Raw. Raw. 20, 20 to 4. <laughs> wow. This is, this is well done. So you mean a 5 to 1 ratio isn't a good idea? Can you imagine? <laughs> hey, guys, Raw has but, three hours. No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm pretty sure 16 of those women are still going to be Gatoring. Yeah, so... Uh, wow. <laughs> I, ironically, if I'm one of the SmackDown women, I'm actually happier because they're going to get You're chances at least. Time. You're going to get TV time. If I'm fucking Nikki Cross, I'm like, well, okay, so I'm going to just never on TV again. Just wait till the pay-per-view when you hear, mm-hmm. I don't give a damn about a bad reputation. Fox. I should go to Raw. Sure. And then 22 Fox. will be Becky when she shows. Yeah, exactly. comes back. So, yeah. Holy damn. shit. How are they going to do the Survivor Series women versus women match? There's only four it's versus a handicap. 20. Oh it's my a god. Do you realize they're going to do the Women's Royal Rumble with just Raw? <laughs> we have a, a, a ten, mat, 10 women elimination from Raw. Unless unless they're calling up like 10 NXT women to, this Friday for SmackDown, what the fuck? What are you talking about? The draft's over after tonight. Well, I mean, it's actually on brand that Fox doesn't give a fuck about women, so. Yeah. Very much checks out. Here, I will be doing this. That's just top-notch right there. That is... All right. Bianca, Bailey, Carmella. Um, Mickey James is under SmackDown. So the free agent was just put on SmackDown. Okay. Right now. Of course, she can't work. She's got broken. Uh, We also have Tamina. (laughs) Oh, never mind. I take it all back. Sorry. The women's division on SmackDown Don't don't worry, guys. Um, Uh... For some reason, Triple H and Stephanie are on the roster of SmackDown with Mr. McMahon and... Uh, so that's seven women. To Mar- pat out Anne, the numbers. And Maurice. Eight. Kayla Braxton. Nine. Maurice doesn't work anymore, and Kayla Braxton's an interviewer. <laughs> Stephanie doesn't work. Uh, Ashley Ashton, the new Ten. background, uh, <laughs> new backstage. You can't count interviewers. They are. <laughs> so we have... Wow. Uh, Renee Young, I don't know. Oh, no, yeah. oh, Renee are... Young, Renee Young will be back on Friday when they do. Since this upcoming Friday is the season premiere, premiere. of Year Two on Fox, so she's going to do the pregame with Booker T. Yes, sir. I thought she quit. To me, she did. On Raw. Pay her for a one-off. She is on. Uh, she's it. under the Fox. I mean, she's under. No, the... she is under the Fox deal. Oh, that's Fox right. deal. Fox deal. That's right. Hey, whatever. And apparently, they're paying her a lot of money to not go anywhere else. If you know what I mean. Gasp! They put her on a very strict. What? Like, I guess it's like way longer than the ninety day no compete. It's like a year or something like that. I mean, get that money. Hey, I don't blame her. What the fuck? Yeah. Um, oh my god, dude, this draft. So is this a draft joke. is terrible. You know why? Because here's the thing. They're trying to make Raw. I mean, SmackDown on Friday a big deal. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's a big show. We have some matches already announced okay. for. Season premiere. Season premiere. SmackDown's Lars Sullivan versus Raw's Jeff Hardy. Mm-hmm. All these matches are based off stuff that happened last, last week. The New Day, all three members in a six-man versus... It's called, it's called the New Day's Farewell Match. Versus, I believe it was... It's Shinsuke, uh, Shinsuke, Cesaro, Cesaro, Shinsuke, and Sheamus. Yeah, Shinsuke, Cesaro, and Raw's Sheamus. Is Biggie repelling from the Whackers? And... The WWE Universal Championship, Roman Reigns versus Raw's Braun Strowman. Well, in theory, they made all these matches when these guys were still SmackDown dudes before today's draft. 
It's just a way to try to pop a rating. It's not because those aren't matches. Anymore. People didn't care when Braun was there. Yeah. Like you watch now. It's exactly. Yeah. It's, they, they cared when no. The Rock was there to get that four point two. They have nobody. They've. Mm. I don't feel bad for them either. They've done this to themselves. Yep. They have nobody to blame but themselves. And you know what? Fuck you then. This is an um, <laughs> that draft is an abortion. Holy fuck! Oh my god! Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, I believe that's it so far for the draft. So, um, is there anyone who's unpicked? Yeah, uh, yeah there's... Uh, let me tell you who's unpicked right now. Uh, Billy Kay, Lana, Eric, any big Ivar, names who are unpicked? Joe. Uh, Titus O'Neil, nope. Okay, uh, Peyton Royce, nope. Tamina, nope. Uh, Bo Dallas. Uh, so big... anybody who's actually been on TV. Oh wait, January? I'm sorry. <laughs> Bo Dallas is not even in the pool. Yeah. So um, let's go back up. Um, so no one's actually been on TV in a year. Uh, Billy Kay, Lana, Riddick Moss, <laughs> Titus O'Neil, <laughs> uh, Arturo Ruas is also in the pool. Uh, Akira Tozawa and Tamina are also in this pool. Cool. So they're not getting Tozawa deserves better than that. My God damn. So this let, is a joke. You oh, know by what? the way, uh, SmackDown didn't get a lot of help I, star power-wise. Rollins is leaving at the end of the month. To do the whole baby thing with Becky, so um, yeah. that pick was almost wasted for so all intents I, and purposes. How many? Uh, I forgot how many um, people are on the women. Uh, the women on the Raw roster. Nineteen. It's like nineteen. We only. counted nineteen. Yeah, we have nineteen. You can add twenty if the rumors are right that Raw is going to have Eva Marie back. So you're just assuming she's going to Raw. Well, it's all right. Everything. It's all yeah. She was on SmackDown when last time. Yeah, but then they're promoting oh, her that she. Corey. They're promoting that she will be at the 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 dirt sheets are saying that she will be on Raw, and I feel like they're they're doing a women's battle royal tonight. Well, they have enough people, <laughs> so I feel like she'll be part of it. And for some reason, she's gonna win and be facing Oscar for that title. Because WWE, everybody, dude, you're nuts. <laughs> that is not happening. Mm. You sure about that? That's a week from later. You sure God about damn it, that? Joe was right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to doubt? What about Paige? You guys will have to let me know how that goes. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you to doubt uh, L Dandy? Five stars, Corey. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> what about Mojo Raleigh? Fuck him. They need to get rid of, like... Elias? Yeah. Forget April. <laughs> they need to cut another 20 people. They need to just... cut the Raw roster. Becky's already due? Yeah. No, she's due in like January. But he's taking time off early. Um, you know, to get ready. And, and he doesn't want to fucking be on that horrific show. Yeah, he wants to be <laughs> with her and, you know, spend some time. and Somewhere if he's going to write him off TV, probably. Probably. And then just have, you know, 32 to 19-year-old sex with Ray's daughter. Got it. <clears throat> Hey, they'll say it's legal, pal. <laughs> I mean, it is. But... It's in Florida, right? So it's, it's legal. <laughs> I think it's legal everywhere. It's, legal. <laughs> it's, it's not like she's twelve. I mean, that Which would be better. Apparently, I'm insinuating what? in Florida, twelve-year-olds are fair game. Velveteen Dream. Man, he's been selling bum, bum, a lot bum, lately. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> His job depends on. Yeah. Someone must owe him money. Or something. Yeah, he must owe somebody money. Or the lawyers who got him out of that shit. <laughs> yeah. I like how Triple H defends. Well, it's it's immaturity that's 
that's held him back. Uh, yeah, that and the multiple fucking... You know, you know and that he's 24 trying to have sex with 16-year-olds. You know, that and child rape will <laughs> tend, tend to hold you back. Well, you know. Could have gone to Oregon State. He'll just say he's in the gimmick. Prince. Oh, speaking of that, did you, <laughs> so see, Prince was did you see Joey Ryan get owned on Twitter? No. no. Boned? No, owned. Oh. <laughs> Touch so it. this motherfucker, he's trying to repair his image, right? Yeah. So he posts pictures of his eighth, uh, he was in eighth grade, of his confirmation at his church with like Bible scripture and all that. Hmm. Trying to you know, be better than blah, blah, and you know, re- repent and blah, blah, blah. Trying to make himself over, right? So the first dude just replies, so that's where you got the gimmick of grabbing people's dicks. Amazing. <laughs> fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck Joy Ryan. Yeah, fuck him. So, coming up this Wednesday is the AEW's one year celebration that they've been on for one year. Jesus, dude. Feels like 10. I years. enjoyed the first half since, you know. <laughs> I enjoyed up to the pandemic. I enjoyed through some of the yeah, me too. I mean, yeah. it's had hits and misses. I yeah, it's basically just been the last like month. month. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like, just the pay per view. It's been terrible. Yeah, pretty much. <sighs> it's like they're almost running out of ideas or trying too hard at this point to try to get something over or be funny. And... So this will be more for Corey and Joe. Um, so I don't think you've watched a lot of it. But how would you guys say the first year of AEW Dynamite compares to the first year of Nitro? Oh, I mean Nitro was far better. The first year. Yeah. Um, they had fans all year. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I mean, like, the, the first pandemic. four, like, in 95, were they great shows? No. But they were entertaining. Actually, you know, the first, okay, the first six months of Nitro were not so different from the first six months of Dynamite. There were a lot of entertaining matches, some pretty cool moments um, that you could tell they were building to something. Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened, honestly, is... WCW received the greatest gift of all with Hall and Nash. Yep. And there was nothing like that for AEW to grab. Yeah. <laughs> Nitro was still fun. It was still better than Raw most weeks, but it wasn't must-see by any right. means until but, that happened. Until May 27th. Yes. 1996. After that, it became a radically different game. And then it started to blow away AEW. Um... So I guess Joe's probably getting to it, but uh, oh, go ahead. takeaways from the first year of AEW <laughs> on uh, TNT? Hmm. Uh, I I love the fact that with, in, with this year and the starting of AEW was the beginning of like, if you're not an AEW, Mark, then fuck you. You know, like the internet, the wrestling internet was so hardcore on all that of... Um, you know, it's AEW and or it's NXT. It's the war for us. We just wa- uh, for us. We just watched it every week, both shows on two TVs, which I really enjoyed. I will tell you this much. My personal opinion is the biggest loser in the in the first year of AEW is NXT. Yeah, uh, because first of all, the move to USA and to two hours has hurt them. It just has. The NXT is nowhere near as enjoyable as it was when it was one hour on the network. It was just, it was a different beast. This has not worked. I don't know how you feel about it, Joe, but I'm not a big fan of the two hour network TV NXTs. Yeah. The NXT lately, like we, we've said on the show before and it's the, 
uh, you know, the day that NXT died kind of thing. It's after NXT TakeOver Portland. Like, that was, it's like, it's peak, and then somehow... I mean, in my opinion, we go, it had been kind of sick leading into that. Yeah. Like, uh, again, it, ever since they went to two hours in October of last year, it was just like, yep, this is not what you were. It's not got, and now some weeks it's got awful now. And we said that from the beginning, that going to two hours was a mistake. Yeah. And it's, you know, the whole internet for this whole year has been, what side are you on, NXT or AW? And then you see the ratings and it's like, 800,000 to 790,000. And then it's, you know, it's it's 79,000 to 788,000. You know, or something. It's just like, they're close. And then every other week, it's 100,000. And then, like, everybody's like, check another point for AEW. And it's like, a full year. Like, I think NXT's won the week five times. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe five. And... Once eight, and the thing was, hey, you're getting a little bit more fan base when you went to Tuesday nights. What no, and also the thing that nobody talks about uh, when AEW was preempted that first week to be on Saturday for the I think the playoffs, playoffs. NBA playoffs. Um, and it, I and I get it; it's because of the NBA playoffs. I fully admit yep. that. But NXT lost viewers a lot, and I think the biggest loser here is WWE and pro wrestling as a whole. What I mean by that is not just Wednesday nights, but the ratings for Raw and SmackDown have proven SmackDown's a little different. Fox is a, it's a extraterrestrial it, channel. Yeah, it's on every it's single TV ever. Yeah. But Raw's down in the 1.5, 1.6. Combined Dynamite and NXT get a 1.5 to a 1.6. I think in 2020, it's just the fact that there are only 1.5 to 1.6 million people still watching pro wrestling on TV. That's just the bare facts. I would be curious to see numbers on companies who like just do streaming, like on Vite TV. I'd be curious to see how they compare. That'd be interesting. I, I finally got to see some impact numbers for Access TV, which it's hard to get them because, A, Access doesn't do ratings. Right. They don't subscribe to the, to the Nielsen thing. Um, and it's like 100,000 to 120,000 a week. But, if like, but that's probably a higher percentage of homes that have Access yeah. that are watching it. Um, if we want to get honest, besides SmackDown, the wrestling show that has the ability to reach the most viewers of Ring of Honor, just because they're syndicated on Sinclair channels. Granted, their time slots are abysmal. I would, I would say it doesn't help that yeah. for here, it's like midnight or 1 a.m. on CBS. If they made it a steady, like... 7 p.m. on a Saturday night or Sunday night. 6.05 Eastern, right? Saturday night. Then they would do a lot better because Sinclair, that's syndicated all over the place. I think ours is the CBS channel. CBS, it yeah. is. So, yeah, like, you'd be able to see it. But they just... It was, it was bought by Sinclair simply to pad out TV. Yep. That's all it was signed for. Because you could sign, you can um, sell ads in markets. Yeah, everywhere. you can literally just put it on whenever, wherever... They have their own stir yeah. channel. One thing I'll say for AEW is they had the, like, as we've said before, they have that ECW feel of the hardcore fans. Mm-hmm. And you can tell each week that the hardcore fans were there. However, once the pandemic hit, it hurt both everybody. Like, oh, yeah. every, you know, everybody in the world got hit some hard somehow. And with this... They went, you know, we're going to give you the best we can every week. 
And then you could tell that they rushed a lot of things on both shows. That's a company, like we said, about that needs fans. That show works a lot better with fans. WWE, you can kind of get around it, but that I feel like with, I with the... Guys, some of those shows this summer were kind with of awful. The, fans. With the... Well, I mean, yeah. But with the product and who they cater to, like yeah. you need fans in that company. I feel bad for AEW more than WWE when it came to the pandemic because they were... They were on an upward momentum. Yeah. They were like a week away from that big blood and guts match. Mm-hmm. There was a sustainable buzz. They were building in most cities. Attendance was was increasing. They were making significant strides. And then it just got killed off dead. Whereas WWE was honestly... Downwards. They were kind of limping towards WrestleMania as it were. They didn't get hit half as hard. In, in this room... We went to a house show before NXT, and we were like, "This sucks." We're, we're okay yeah. with not going to these yeah. ever again. I can these suck. This again. The only entertaining part was trying to get in fights over lasagna. Or I, not. I or solely not. went to that show for my kid. He enjoyed it. He um, loved it. And yeah, that was fun. So, this might be an impossible question to answer right now. Can they recover to get to the point they were even at? No. No, really. No. You don't think they'll ever be as big as they were ever again? Nope. Wow. Because there's Why just you? less people that care watching pro wrestling now. It's the, it's impossible for them to reach any kind of sustainable level they were at even ten years ago. There's just unless the second incarnation of Stone Cold Steve so, Austin arrives out of nowhere. Not even that. I mean, like, hey man, do you think AEW could get to the peak they were at when they were still running with? Fans? Yes, they could because they were still building and the peak wasn't that high. WWE doesn't have a shot in hell. Right, yeah, I mean, yeah. It's a, it's a whole new wrestling landscape out there. AEW could because they were so low. It's like, okay, you can get back to that level and hopefully build upon it. Mm-hmm. WWE is going to have to do some serious reevaluation on how they want to move forward once live um, attendance is a thing again. Because... Uh, so I guess a question for everybody in the room here. When would you feel comfortable going to a live show? If it was any company other than WWE, I'd go. Give me, uh, you know, once. Because that's going to be the key. Like, when would people feel comfortable outside of the state of Florida going to a show? Once Even the, if it's not once packed. The, once like, the government opens things up, after I the think election. most people will be willing to. And I'd be willing to go uh, with whatever safety protocols were in place, uh, but I wouldn't bother if it was WWE. Defy. Not even if WrestleMania was held in Portland. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't go Jesus. to. Jesus, I, would, I wouldn't at go the to WrestleMania front? at this point for all the money in the world. Wow. I have no interest uh, spending ungodly amounts of money to stand in line at a huge football stadium for five hours to get to my shitty seat. To watch six hours of wrestling with no storylines, I give a shit about. But what if you did the uh, eight hundred and eighty-five dollars? What if you did the? Uh, you probably do the wrestling weekend. Yeah, I would yeah. go to all those shows and then go back to the hotel and watch WrestleMania on the network. We've talked about that many times. Service, yeah, and get room service. I, I mean, would not go so, to WrestleMania for nothing. Uh, for instance, and it'd be a lot cheaper if it's going to be at some point when it actually goes up in Vegas. They will have that on sports books. It'll be there, yeah. so you can watch it in a fucking. As someone who's done this watching games or anything in a sports book is fucking awesome. I recommend it highly. Yeah, I just wouldn't. 
Um, the the moral of the story is when stuff comes back, I want it to succeed, but WWF has lost my business. And it's going to take a lot before it gets my business back. Mm. Uh, so let's go back to AEW for a little bit. So uh, during the pandemic, uh, Cody left to go help film. Uh, like a, To star on two different shows. To, yeah, to star on two different shows. And now he comes back with black hair. And he before he leaves, he loses the TNT title. And he comes back and he wins it night one. In a dog collar match. Because it was supposed to. No, he was never supposed to lose it. And then these acting things came up, so... Brody got it for a short run. Yeah, he was never I, supposed to win it. I mean, I didn't. I I liked the run, and it's just one of those things of it is that the 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 mindset of okay, you're champion, and then you leave for like a month, and then you come back and you instantly get it back. And I I, and I get it, but it's just company. when you own the company, you can do what the fuck you want. I know well, he doesn't own the company you, when you're the executive I would vice say president. That, I mean, that's been done in wrestling for fifty years. The big star has to leave for something. Hogan has to leave to make a movie. Savage gets the belt. Hogan comes back, he gets the belt. Uh, who, who is his dad, Corey? I'm curious. Dusty Rose. <laughs> Dusty Rose did it. Ric Flair has done it. Yeah. I mean, every I, big I, star does it. I know. But, so, what I, I'll lead to that. So, this upcoming Wednesday, it's the one-year anniversary. So, they're going to have to have all the title matches, all, all the championship matches, besides the FTW, will be defended on Dynamite. These are your matches. Let's see if you mark out no so who's gonna win. Just take your guess, okay? For the AEW Women's Championship, Sheeta versus Big Swole. No sell, Sheeta will win. Nope. No sell, Sheeta will win. Uh the AEW tag team championship that the match needs to go twenty minutes or up to twenty. FTR versus best friends. Nah. No sell and FTR wins. In the middle, FTR wins. Yeah, I can't. I'm not no selling it, but I'm not marking out either. It's yeah, whatever. AEW TNT Championship. Cody versus Orange Cassidy. No sell. No sell. No sell. Cody Dude. wins. Yeah, and that ruined the dog color match for me. Yeah, it was having pockets come out and let's be honest. And all he did was after his baby face promo, but I will never. I mean, all he does is come out and put a half thumb up, and Cody's just. Okay, cool. Like, come on, dude. I, 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 sorry, uh, can I just say one thing? Then you get, you can. I think AEW has ruined Orange Cassidy. Yep. I want to burn my freshly squeezed shirt. Like, exp- define, explain that. Before the pandemic, he was used rarely. Okay, and then ever since the pandemic, he's been on almost every week in some shape or form. However, we get it that in I I understand that because he. He is a ratings getter for them, so they have to show him every week. Well, he so, was. He, oh, he was. Yeah, he yeah, yeah. Was. But it's just the idea of him being that rare commodity type uh, wrestler. But then he's on every week having to having a debate with Bischoff, uh, with Jericho and Bischoff, then having the uh, Mimosa fight, and then he interferes in the street fight, and then now he's getting a title shot. It's just I think the. The lazy gimmick of him is now being kind of like, well, he has to be serious now. That's my th- more serious every week because he has to, you know, the how many weeks will he go being lazy in the beginning of the match and then go insta, you know, the good wrestler that he really is. That's the gimmick. I know, but every week, 
My problem oh, with <laughs> you change his gimmick. My problem. No, with it is, I'm just saying they're overusing it. Is I love the gimmick. I think it's funny. I know people don't like it, but I like it. But the problem with me is the gimmick needs a full crowd. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he's doing all this lazy shit in front of 20 people who are just workers or you know the fans they let in or whatever, it just doesn't make any sense to have him doing his lazy gimmick kicks and. But there's nobody there. So you it, need a crowd to make the gimmick, like, work. And so the fact that he's doing the gimmick in front of nobody makes it kind of stupid so and pointless. Gonna, and it just kills the gimmick and makes him look like shit. Even though, but when you have the crowd, you know, popping and doing it with him, it gives you the energy to where it masks the fact that he's doing, he's being lazy and not really working. But when he's doing it with no crowd, you pay more attention to the fact that he's not working and it kind of makes it suck, in my opinion. The gimmick. Not him as a wrestler, but the gimmick doesn't work without a crowd. But then, like, what do you do? Just have him sit home until we're allowed up? Exactly, and I don't know what you do with him. Yeah, exactly, and I don't know what you do with him. Uh, But at the same time, it's just, you can't put him in big main event matches like that with no crowd. I just feel like it doesn't work. being a tag match once a month, and either he sits at home, or he's, like, lazily in the stands. Just like, or he lazily doesn't TV, say anything not, on commentary. You go, oh, Cassidy, what do you think of best friends? And he just, you know, have so, something, you know, like that. So I guess that leaves the question: What do you think his ceiling is? Because doing that stuff, he'll always just. Be I think he's just going to be a comedy, comedy act, guy, which yeah. is fine. Personally, that's what I think he is. His ceiling. Yeah, I is, don't think he can ever be a company. His manager. ceiling is Santino Morello. Yeah. Which is nah, absolutely that fine. That might be a little more harsh, but... I mean, he was over for his whole career, pretty much, just with the crowd for his gimmick. But I think uh, he's a better... He can do something more than Santino in the ring. Uh, he's a tough one. Like, when they signed him, I understood why they signed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they do want to do things different from WWE, and that's a very non-WWE gimmick. Yeah. That screams indie. So I was like, all right, it'll be a breath of fresh air. But at the same time... And I don't blame them. He is over with the TNT execs. He's over with the crowd. What do you do in that situation? Mm-hmm. You try to make something out of them because that's the whole point of the business is to I use people. I just don't people. think it works with no it crowd. It doesn't. Here's the, here's the deal nobody's talking about. It didn't work. He is what he is. Mm-hmm. He is an underneath comedy guy who should almost never wrestle but shouldn't get and shouldn't get the time he's getting. Yeah. Um, no fault of their own. They tried. That's the whole point. You, someone gets over, you try to do something with them. It either works or it doesn't. This didn't work. There are a lot of other guys they signed right off the bat that, how do I put it, have been busts. Mm-hmm. But I kind of knew they would all be busts. Joey Janela. Such as? Joey Janela's the main one. I knew mm-hmm. he wouldn't fit. He's just not a He doesn't like being there anyway, too. Yeah, he's yeah. not. Well, then you shouldn't have signed the fucking contract. You can't have the money and... I mean, what did he expect to happen? He's not going to get pushed. Let's be honest. He's nowhere near as good as the, the top-tier guys. He's mm-hmm. just not. There's a, there's a level for these guys. It's cool. I think it's great that they kill it on the indies. And they can make a sustainable living there. That's fucking awesome. There's nothing wrong with that. I would love to be an indie worker. But, you know, sometimes you're, just, you're not meant for a certain spot or a certain place. If then... It would almost be worth releasing Orange Cassidy, letting him just do indie stuff and have him be like with the best friends on their pay-per-views. He's just like shows up for those nights. He can do shit that makes the crowd happy, but he's not really on the roster. 
I think you can keep him and just use him sparingly, like you guys uh, suggested. I think he's got enough of a name and he sells enough merchandise, you don't want to get rid of him. Yeah, that's fair. You just don't want to highlight him as high as you have. You tried, it didn't work. Like, no harm in that. And like you said, like unless you radically change the gimmick, you get rid of it. And yeah. then what's the point of having Orange Cassidy? Uh, but some guys like that, it just hasn't worked there. Um, so far, Miro, what the fuck? That why he's my what? hero yeah i cannot okay so the difference between wwe and AEW is AEW will give you a lot more creative input into what you're doing mm-hmm. and what you're saying i think miro has proved in some cases you do need to have uh, a, uh, a, a, a line yeah, yeah. because or a filter uh, i can't believe that he thought uh slacker video gamer in my pajamas is a money making gimmick, gimmick. So I think they need to be like, hold on, buddy. We're paying you a lot of money, and you've proven you're better than this. So let's try to get some return and on I, this investment. I like that they push indie talent, and they want you know guys to be named. But there's certain people who shouldn't be on TV. And there should, there's certain people, <coughs> Luther, that shouldn't be on TV As in the main, main event. event of your TV show. And look like you're in the middle of a high school gymnasium just figuring out how to fucking run the ropes. No matter if you're a third. Good best God, that was of, hard uh, to watch. Of the main guy on the roster? Yeah, I agree with you there. <laughs> like, holy <laughs> shit, there's certain people, no matter if they're the top guy's friends, you just don't put on TV for a fucking 15 minute man, two break segment main event. I'm all about Al Green. Hey, there's also a main Ooh. event for uh, AW Dynamite, too. John Moxley defends the Dynamite, the heavyweight championship against Lance Archer. And I think that'll mark out, but mark out I, I think Moxley wins. And Moxley wins because it looks like they're going towards an I quit match with Eddie Kingston at full gear for the title. To be violent. I'm all for. <laughs> uh, WWE's doing a uh, I quit match. But, you know. <laughs> Fuck that. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be better it'll because be, it's with our tribal It'll chief. be great. Great drama. Um, That's TNT. <laughs> but i'm I'm looking forward to it but yeah there's certain dead weight they need to maybe purge from the AEW roster that would serve them well or just don't put them on tv don't you enjoy that the uh they had a matt uh artist from or zach Ryder show up for about a month and he's like yeah we don't need you you're good Dude, that I, just shows. I watched uh, Impact's Victory Road pay per view last night, mm-hmm. and I watched uh, last week's Impact this afternoon. And Brian Myers, the former Kurt Hawkins, while and he's only being utilized mid card. He's not going to feud with Tommy Dreamer. Is has been so much better since getting released than Zack Ryder, and I that's hard to believe, but he's getting so much more usage. They're using him correctly. He's a heel. He's, he's doing everything right. Like, he's not spectacular. He's not going to wow your socks off. But talk about a solid pickup for Impact Wrestling. As opposed to Zack Ryder, who... And Miro. Is already gone for a month, after a month. Yeah, well, they only signed him to a five-show five five deal. And uh, they were like, yeah, we're good. I think, yeah, I think they were like, you know what, we're good. We're good, fam. Even Cody was to, like, we're good. Why don't you go talk to Impact? They were like... And impacts for once. Impacts like now we're we're being pretty. We're gonna talk to ROH. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) it just shows, right? Um, some injuries for uh, NXT. Oh, a lot, a lot of them. Uh, Finn Balor with a broken jaw. (laughs) I loved that match, but guys, it's a work. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 
not, not what's not a work is uh, Ridge Holland. <laughs> Good God! Did See, you hear him screaming? Yes, you could hear that man screaming. Uh, what was it like? A dislocated knee? Uh, he, dislocated? I, oh, you got he, it. He fra- he he Dak Prescotted his. Good old ankle. He dislocated and fractured his ankle and also dislocated his patellar and tore his patellar tendon, too. Yeah. And his that, entire left leg is fucking... So back in like two weeks? Uh, probably more like so two he'll years. So a while. <laughs> and I have to... I, and you know, I gotta admit, angry man yelling at clouds, Jim Cornette had a really good point yeah, stop on Stop fucking diving. ...about pointless dives and how they do just as much damage, if not more, to the poor guy having to catch you. And Literally, Oni Lorcan landed like all 200 and whatever on his chest, yeah. and he just had to catch it, and his leg just buckled underneath it. It was pointless. I was watching and thinking, this, this did not need to happen. Yep. It was after the match. It was He already did one dive on him. For some reason, he went to go do another. It's like, who set this up? Why would you? It doesn't make any sense. I think wrestling needs to not go back in mindset. I think he's cursed right now. I think... They need to cut back the amount of shit they do on... Look, I'm not going to tell indie guys to watch it. Yep. They're trying to get caught. They're trying to get eyes on the prize. They're trying to get people to watch them. Mm-hmm. They're trying to get noticed. I get it. But once you get there, you don't need to do all of that shit. Rey Mysterio is Rey Mysterio. He can do it. Yep. Ricochet can do it. Ricochet is Ricochet. Yep. Oni Lorcan, you're not that. Yeah. Why? Yeah, you're... Ground and pound, dude. That's all you need. Uh, that's the one thing I would recommend to people. It's like, hey, man, slow it down. <laughs> Flip, flop, and dive, and almost die. Yeah. So we have all that to look forward to. But let's talk about what happened this past weekend as Zen... She databased herself. She databased herself. Thank I was like, you. what are you... I was trying... I was thinking of a word... <laughs> It's not like she did something death-defying. He's like, Zen did. Oh, it did. Zen 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 took the outside. (laughs) I think it was death-defying because of the fact that Zen ordered the GCW Collective, and it was around like 16 shows in three days. But that's only equal to like two WWE pay-per-views in terms of time. And Zen watched (laughs) all of them. Yeah, she did. So Zen is uh, flying in from her with her private jet to join us from the the booth to uh, discuss from the producer room from the producer room to discuss what she watched. So Zen, what do you think of it? And then he doesn't give her the mic. What a <laughs> dick. <laughs> Technical difficulties. Yeah. Uh, GCW collective. Uh, it was a long weekend. That's for <laughs> sure. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, though. It started at about 8 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock in the morning, and it went until midnight our time. So truly spent pretty much my whole day, Friday, Saturday, and most of Sunday uh, watching the shows. Uh, I think it was a bit much, quite honestly. (laughs) Uh, Not on my... I had a lot of fun watching it, but I think that they bit off a little bit more than they could chew. It's a lot of shows to run with the same group of wrestlers all weekend. Uh, And by the third day, there were so many injuries, so many people that were just exhausted uh, that you could just tell people were a little worn out. Um, So not that the quality of the show went down, but definitely some of the bigger matches that were advertised had to be canceled, um, which really sucked. 
because I love seeing Calvin Tankman and he was one of those injuries. Uh, overall though, I would say if you're looking to dive into the indie wrestling, uh, for the culture by GCW was a really great show. Uh, if you like death matches, I would strongly encourage you to watch Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F, uh, the match between Colby Carino and I don't even know who the other person was quite honestly. The guy from like four O Atticus Coger. From 440H. Uh, tell them what they did then. There was a spot in the middle of the match. Well, not even in the middle. It was quite honestly the beginning. There was some uh, jawing back and forth about drug use and previous drug use. And Colby Carino pulls out two <laughs> syringes <clears throat> with needles. J- Jesus. <laughs> uh, hang on. There's more. And proceeds to uh, stab one of them through Atticus's uh, mouth, through his cheek. And the other one, they take his throat, pull it out, and stick it right through. Mm-mm. Uh-huh. Nope. The, the old Moxley CCW shot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> and then uh, Atticus pulled out the one from his neck. A fan pulled out the one from his mouth, though. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and as though the match couldn't get any more intense, it did. I highly recommend watching it. Uh, last night, there were several, or the last night of the collective, there were several death matches as well, and they progressively got more and more intense. Uh, when Alex Cologne is in a match where there's barely any blood, and I'm telling you that they get more intense, that's a fucking show to be careful with. <laughs> Uh, but GCW for the culture was definitely the highlight for me this weekend, uh, followed by Effie's Big Gay Brunch uh, for a lot of reasons, but mainly because of the representation. Uh, there's a lot of uh, white people in wrestling. and <laughs> It's not a boo. It's just there's a lot of white people and a lot of men, and there's not a lot of things for... Uh, women or people of color to really aspire to or see themselves in. And so seeing uh, a show that was uh, all black wrestlers, all amazing black wrestlers uh, being showcased was uh, a real big sight to see. Uh, Lee Moriarty is definitely a star that I think you'll keep hearing more and more about Uh, his matches with ACH, Alex Shelley, uh, they all are... Jonathan Gresham. And Jonathan Gresham. My dude. I mean, they're all fantastic fucking matches, and how that kid made it through these shows with the way that he wrestles is just surprising. That sounds right up my alley. Alex Shelley and Jonathan Gresham are two of my favorites in the last, like, 20 years, so... Uh, Yeah, and I mean, not to mention Trey Lamar. Trey Lamar is also someone that's really growing on... Uh, growing up in the indies. Uh, Alex Shelley said that Lee Moriarty is it, and so did Jonathan Gresham. So, I mean, there's a lot there. Uh, The Lionel Greener, Leo Rush, and ACH match was actually really, really great, too, if you want to see that. A little bit slow at first. I think you could see that Leo was getting used to being back in the ring, Uh, but in the end, they pulled off a great match. A lot of respect. I plan on watching For the Culture tomorrow. Um, I can't wait. 
Um, I thought it was going to be a very interesting show for Mania Weekend. I'm glad that they were able to to do it now. Um, I bet it was refreshing to see a show not only of all black wrestlers, but also they were probably all treated with respect as serious competitors, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to watch that. They were. Uh, another one was Effie's Gay Brunch. She's already talked about it, Joe. I know. So. I know, but I'm <laughs> just saying, like, the respect that they yeah. they did for them, instead of making them a gimmick or a comedy act, I besides fear, the Marco Stunt I, every match. I was going to say, I fear the gift from that is going to do that show more harm than good. <laughs> I mean, um, yes. Because it's just going to give everybody who's against it open open ammunition. <laughs> oh, it's already started right now. There's a huge debate on Twitter going on about comedy wrestling. Oh, you saw it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, but I will uh, say that overall they featured yeah. some really transited, uh, really transited, really <laughs> talented trans wrestlers. I like transited. No, we'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, sometimes I mix my words up. Uh, and, you know, they were just wrestlers at the end of it, which is great to see. It's not a gimmick. Be. It's not uh, made fun of. It's not heightened in any way that makes it look made fun of. And that was really great to see. Not only that, but then truly the love and support within that community and uh, the wrestlers that uh, were participating as well. Uh, Tony Deppin was pretty hilarious. I'm not usually a big Tony Deppin guy, but he was pretty hilarious throughout the show. Uh, he's He's making quite the name for himself lately. Yeah. Uh, not only doing all of this, but also he competed in the Ring of Honor Pure Title Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of hoping he gets a chance there. I think um, he, he's he's pretty good in the ring. I've heard he's done good on commentary. I haven't seen a show where he's done commentary yet. Yeah, he did pretty good. We watched, I don't remember which show it was, honestly. Effie's? No, it wasn't Effie's. It was the one in the morning. Where do you The stand? one in the morning uh, on the first day. Hmm. The Southern Pro Wrestling. Sup? Oh, Southern Underground Pro? Uh-huh. Yeah, I know that one. Um, where do you stand on comedy wrestling, Zen? On the Indies? Well, it's so, funny you ask because yeah. you all were talking about Orange Cassidy and I couldn't help but introduce, uh, not introduce, see, look at me, I'm messing up all my words. Uh, I couldn't help but feel very conflicted. Uh, I don't agree with you all. I think Orange Cassidy... Uh, has been a great addition to the AEW uh, brand. I think they're doing it perfect as far as letting them all go back into the indies this weekend uh, because you'll see some surprises if you watch The Collective uh, and really regain that love and attention from fans. I think the wrestlers need that a little bit, but I don't think we need to see that fan reaction in order to get the gimmick and get it over. So I actually think that Orange Cassidy... uh, is a little bit more present right now in AEW because they're trying to sell him uh, and they're trying to get it over with the execs. But I don't think that it's so much that it's burning me out on him. I was super excited to see him show up for the clusterfuck or for the match uh, at Joey Janela Spring Break. And I th- and I I marked out when he came, showed up at the Jan- Joey Janela, but it was like it. To me, it was just different because of the crowd reaction. That they did the um, Alan Parsons project intro of the Chicago Bulls, and then he comes out to his Jane, and then the crowd pops like crazy because it's Orange Cassidy. It's a big star. Mm-hmm. So, 
Zen, before you continue, then what do you feel Orange Cassidy's ceiling is? I think he could win the championship. I think he could go that far. I think uh, as wrestling fans for so long, we're used to seeing a certain track on TV for televised wrestling. And I think right now it's just trying to change our way of seeing things. Uh, And for me, it's made it easier because I actually have been focusing more on the independent wrestling uh, to see the potential for it. Because I definitely think uh, gimmicks like War Horse that in the end is a total comedy act, right? He's a great wrestler, but in the middle of his ring, he's just headbanging and rocking out. Uh, See, I actually respect what that guy did. I mean, he'd been wrestling for years and never made any traction anywhere. And then came up with this gimmick, and it's totally reinvigorated his career. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have nothing against the guy for doing that. Right. Um, and Danhausen. I mean, not that I think that Danhausen is going to win a championship, but I do think that there is a certain potential there. And it's a little bit of a mixture, right? Because with time, your character evolves. He's lazy right now, and that's his gimmick, and he'll probably always stay there. But I think we'll see him grow into more serious moments, which we did in his feud with Jericho. I, no, I, that's, that's a good insight. I, I, I can't quite get a handle on the current indie scene and how I really feel about it because between WWE stockpiling everybody to try to just not get anybody else a chance and then AEW grabbing the best of what's left, the indie scene in the last two years has been depleted pretty hard. When you, like what you just said, Every time I watch an indie show now, I have your uh, you in mind of, so who's the next Adam Cole? Who's the yep. next Young Bucks? Who's the next, um, you know, Cassius Ono or, you know, Chris Hero? I feel lucky and at the same time I was spoiled because when I first start, really started watching indie wrestling in 2012, 13, 14, it was the Young Bucks and Cesaro and Chris Hero and Adam Cole and Roddy Strong and Ricochet. Um, all of these guys. were That was the indie cue. Those were the guys who weren't good enough to get signed to WWE. And those shows were phenomenal. Like, just ridiculously great. And in no way am I putting down the current crop now. Because, you, know, you know, there's a lot of really talented people out there. It just, I look at it now compared to then, I'm like, wow, it's the talent pool doesn't seem anywhere near as deep as it was. But remember that it doesn't always start out that way. And uh, there was actually a pretty long conversation during one of the shows about that, uh, about how people fear that there isn't another group that's going to be as good as that independent core that's always recognized. Uh, But I would definitely agree that this three-day event highlighted that the indie scene isn't going anywhere and they have a lot of people with a lot of potential uh like i said lee moriarty and as much as i hate 440h atticus kogar i think is actually going to be something big and you can tell by the way that he carries himself in this group where they're all heels um not to mention you have up-and-comers, truly up-and-comers, 15- and 17-year-old kids that are already getting their reps in, uh, Starboy Charlie and Billy Starks, 
who already showed tremendous potential in the ring uh, and are just learning from all of these people that are around them and constantly seeking that help and advice from uh, people like the Rascals, people like Calvin Tinkman. Um, so, I mean, I just think that there is a, a very high level. I love uh, the Rascals. Yeah. So much. And they're taking a lot <laughs> of opportunities to train up and comers. And so I think we'll, we'll actually get a pretty good batch, uh, in I, the indie, uh, wrestling cool. scene. And now that we have things like IWTV fight TV, we get more opportunities to see them. Uh, but, uh, you and I had a conversation about how, uh, right now you have a lot of people that have exposure, but maybe aren't quite there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think that's where we're at. You know, there's still, they're still learning. I also agree with with a, a tweet that you sent out last night. Um, where is the Pacific Northwest representation in all of this? I mean, there was some. Sonico was last night. So- yeah. Sonico was on Paradigm. But uh, there's a lot of talent in the Pacific Northwest that just never really gets recognized anywhere else, which they need to do something about. There's a lot of talent over here. We need something on this side. We need a... a- and unfortunately, uh, it would have to be something that probably takes place in Los Angeles. It would. The thing is... Which is it, unfortunate. And it's not just pro wrestling. It's it's music. It's TV. It's yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Everything is East Coast based. Yeah. It's just... It doesn't matter. Have um, you watched a championship, Champions from Hollywood? I've seen episodes here and there. I haven't seen any lately. Um, I did watch the first... That Tuesday night pay-per-view, the United... The United Wrestling Network. Network. Um, I have the others ready to watch, but haven't had time yet. And I know that's like Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Arizona, mm-hmm. NWA, and I think uh, what's that West Coast Pro Wrestling or whatever the I think so. Hammerstone's yeah. the champ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's like a conglomerate of all of them. So I'm intrigued in that. Um, I think it's interesting, and I'd probably end up talking to you far more in the upcoming months as you're watching all this indie all the time is I've really switched in the last, I mean, honestly it started five or six years ago, but I I switched from just watching the main stuff to watching indies specifically to find those diamonds in the rough and watch them. And that's kind of become my thing the last five or six years. And um, so I need to watch a little more indie lately and try to figure out. Plus, I'm not going to let this slide. I'm so happy that the letters UWFI <laughs> were entered into the lexicon last night. Yes. That was um very interesting. So UWFI was the rules for the only non-death matches on Paradigm Pro. Uh, at first, I didn't quite understand what was going on, but it's a point system. They, get, they start off with 15 points. Mm-hmm. Uh, if there's a submission or a rope break, they reduce your points oh uh, i forget you talked about this yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. they can only win by submission or once your opponent gets to zero uh which starting off with violence is forever dominic guarini and uh kevin, kevin Koo. Koo was actually a really great introduction to it because it was easier to follow since they all uh are really uh very in-depth wrestlers in the ring um so yeah that was cool UWFI was huge in the 90s in Japan when shoot style was really grabbing a hold of everything. Uh, Vader worked UWFI and was pretty vicious in it, (laughs) as you can expect. 
Uh, they called him Super Vader because they weren't allowed to call him Big Van Vader. New Japan. Did he wash his gear? Probably no. not. <laughs> not at all. But, uh, <laughs> I've watched him just annihilate fuckers in that. And in fact, last night I put on some UWFI on YouTube. There's tons of it on YouTube. Mm. And I was just watching old UWFI. I can't believe he didn't wash his gear. Um, <laughs> who would you say, to borrow from another show, I know it's on Tamer.com, would you say is the MVP of the weekend, Jim? Who would you say? Ooh, that's a good question. Probably should have asked her before the show. I thought about it. <laughs> not I'll put you on the spot right uh, now. No. <laughs> uh, I sent her some like favorite wrestler. I sent her some questions. Okay. Fuck me. Uh, Fuck me, I guess. I did it. <laughs> Goddamn right. <laughs> I would definitely say that the one that comes to mind is either AJ Gray or Effie. They both worked so many shows the first two days. And quite honestly, Effie the second day worked every single show and ran the whole first one. Uh and was very involved. It wasn't just behind the scenes. Uh, I think that AJ Gray doesn't get enough credit. He's starting to, um, but he's really worked his way up. And, uh, God, he had some fucking battles the first day. And then the second day overslept, I think, for <laughs> Effie's big gay brunch. <laughs> Oops. Uh, that's at least what it seemed like. I don't know if that's true. Uh, and then kicked ass the rest of the day. But uh, he's definitely was the workhorse in that whole thing. And not only that, but he ran his own show. He was the main person behind For the Culture and running it in the back. And so those two definitely gave it their all this whole weekend and uh, didn't sleep very much. Uh, AJ Gray missed Effie's... Uh Big gay brunch, and we believe he was supposed to be in the Twink Gauntlet match. <laughs> no, he was supposed to be in the Second Gear Crew match. Oh, was he? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was, was replaced by Effie. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. Or, sorry, Effie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Effie. Uh, and then, overall, though, Jay Rose, which is the ring announcer, uh, that did almost every goddamn show, he also worked nonstop. I think he was starting to tweet today just now saying that he slept maybe a total of 15 hours over the last three days. Uh, and you know, you couldn't tell he was doing great on the mic. He was always in the middle of the ring, hyping people up as people came out. I think he's a great ring announcer and hopefully we get to see him a little bit more. It's so much hot tea the whole day. Just, <laughs> just nothing but hot tea. <laughs> Let me ask everybody here. Next time they do it, would you watch all of it? Oof. If I was in a position where I could, yeah. like, like if it, like, so let's say, let's say, it's a once again, it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it's eight a.m. our time to midnight our time, three days. Would you watch almost all of it? We all know the database. If I there's mean. new wrestling on and I have <laughs> the time, I'll watch it. Uh, well, except for it's WWE, of course. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could. Um, I don't know. I there are breaks, so there was a break true. here and there. I would be down. Yeah, yeah. If yeah, it was like a yeah. snowstorm outside, I had that'd be an cool. interesting other question for Zen. Did it have a different feel than what it would have had had it been Mania weekend? Because this was all supposed to happen Mania weekend. Mm -hmm. 
Did it still feel like it? Did it have a different feel? Um, I would say the wrestlers participating probably gave it as much as they would have WrestleMania weekend. I think for a lot of them, this was their first show since mm-hmm. the pandemic hit. And so you could tell they just wanted to be out there. Yeah. Um, and so on the wrestler side of things, I definitely think it all still felt the same. Uh, I don't know if it's, I've just gotten so used to there not being fans around, <laughs> but I didn't even really listen to the fans, their pops, their excitement. Uh, what I watched was the wrestlers and how they directed traffic because that's what we're, what, that's what we're going to have to start looking for. I was, I was just going to ask, did, has watching wrestling in the pandemic era changed the way you watch wrestling now? Um, are you more cognizant of the little things happening in the ring? Cause there's no distractions now from the mm-hmm. outside. Has it fundamentally changed the way you watch it? I would say absolutely. Yes. I'm looking for those little things. I had always looked for the little things, but now I'm even watching people, uh, outside of the ring, wa- watching what they're doing, uh, to set up the next spot, you know, set up the next person that's coming out, uh, what their next cue is. And if someone's behind, that becomes real obvious now. Uh, and so the fan reaction, yeah, it's cool. But to me, it actually doesn't add anything anymore. I'd rather just watch uh, the art form, right? Because that's really what it comes down to. Yes, I love watching the wrestling aspect, the athleticism, but I also love the entertainment side. I want to see the storytelling. I want to see... Uh, the way that people interact. I found that I agree with you. And I've also found I like the learning and watching the nuts and bolts of it. Mm-hmm. Like watching the referee to see mm-hmm. what cues he gives at a certain mm-hmm. time, how he gives them, how does he conceal it? The, the, the good ones, you won't even notice he's telling shit to the, to the guys. The bad ones, it's, you could spot it a mile away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I've become pretty interested in that aspect of it too. Like, I'd like to know the nuts and bolts. I'd like to do something like that. You know, be the ring announcer that's doing time cues or whatnot. I'm interested in all those guys now much more than I was earlier. So oh, yeah. that stuff, the nuts and bolts, the stuff you guys are talking about, is stuff I've always been interested in. Um, like, I hate reading spoilers. I don't care about I don't care who's wrestling WrestleMania right now. I'll care in WrestleMania. I don't care about it now. I care about the backstage stuff, like why they set up cameras, where they do all that kind of stuff. For me, and I've noticed this not just with wrestling, but with all sports... I don't give a fuck about the fans being there. Once whatever I'm watching starts, it doesn't change my viewing experience at all. Yeah, you know, I I've, I didn't know, miss fans once during any baseball game I watched this not year. Once. Um, I didn't miss them in the NBA when yeah, I was watching it. It was, and it, even in, I find the Thunderdome to be completely distracting. Yeah, I don't like um, it. I liked I what NXT it. did better, making it yeah, kind of dark. It's a little dingier, it's a little darker. I'm just not a fan Yeah, I mean, I would totally agree. I think that we thought we missed it for so long, and then... Because we're used to it. It's the norm, right? And then the AEW, WWE found ways to get fans in their stadiums, and now it just doesn't really fit. Uh, And I think that that was really highlighted by the venues, uh, or the venue that the collective used, because the fans were not the focal point. Mm -hmm. It was really that ring, and the fans were spread out enough that you weren't really even seeing their reaction. Uh, and so, yeah, the pandemic has definitely changed how I watch wrestling, how I watch sports. What's cool about the 
GCW fans specifically, um, is that those fans don't try and become a focal point like AEW or like mainstream wrestling fans do. The fans at those shows want you to be part of the up. show. Yeah. You fucked And, up. like, they don't do any of that shit. They're there to support the performers and the, and the wrestlers in the ring and are there to add ambiance, not take away from what they're trying to do in the ring. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. And I think I want fans back eventually. I think. But I will be perfectly happy. I want fans like Defy fans. Yeah. That's what the fuck I want. I will be perfectly happy if I never hear you fucked up. Yeah. This is awesome. Or fight forever. Or fight forever. This is wrestling. Ever, or this is wrestling ever again. I don't need to hear that no. shit. Uh, they do that. Do, they do that at the GCW, but it's like the 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Well, at that point, yeah. like, they're you running, are, they're running that, a mountain doing well, pixie sticks. At that point, so, you yeah, are fighting are. forever. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. <laughs> warranted then yeah and at that time too it's the wrestlers so again it goes back to what's happening in the ring the wrestlers are calling for that attention from the fans and so it's not just the fans taking over and making themselves the focus this is way off topic from what zen's talking about but the the you fucked up chance all of that fan interaction has taken the place of the sign pandemic Back in the 90s, it was like, who could bring a sign? What stupid shit was your sign going to say? It's gone for, away from the signs for the most part. Now it's how can I take over and now be part of the show? We, yeah, how can how we can take we over the show? The story? Yeah. yeah, so I, I don't miss that shit yeah. at all. Not at all. Uh, one highlight I would say about this weekend was the uh, we don't care, Joe. the fan stealing War Horses IWTV <laughs> title during the match. Oh, and then yeah. finding out it was all part of the storyline. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, was it? You missed yeah. that. Oh, oh, you missed that? You missed the last one. Joe got worked. Yeah. Joe got worked. Oh, really? What happened? To tell the story. Yeah, what happened? I don't show no more than I will. Yeah. So, uh, War Horse was wrestling. I didn't know that last Jake part either. Yeah. <laughs> something. Okay. Uh, and Jake wins the match because this guy named Gary J comes out and is holding. Mm the IWTV championship uh, and distracts Warhorse, lets Jake something win. Uh, and it was all, it was all a work. Cause I think Joe just texted like, Hey, somebody stole his belt. Well, well they put it on eBay and everything. You know, it's one of those things. It's a thing that That's you, awesome. you don't expect or expect from a GCW of like, cause it, like they played off really well. Like they want, he won the match and they goes for the title and then it's not there. And then they look around, it's not there. So I'm like, oh. and then like the announcer's like, did somebody steal the title? Uh, and then they, they get away from it. So you don't hear about it at See, all until somebody posts it on. so great, they man. Can, they can still work us. They just have to find different ways to do it. Yeah, it's awesome. It was perfect. It's using the internet against the internet wrestling community, mm-hmm. which is fantastic. It was great. I, I saw it. I'm like, because <laughs> Tony Deppen was the one that posted it and was like, Hey, uh, is this what we're looking for, Warhorse? And it's like from Indianapolis, eight hundred bucks for the title. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like, I, ex- you I expected know. you to buy it, Joe. I thought you were like, "I'm buying it." I was You're tempted. Bam! I, I was tempted, but no, I did not know anything about the second half of yeah. that. That being a work, I read about it that day and I was like, "Oh, that's funny." That's, that's so that's good, good, man. Good. Is Warhorse ever going to lose that title? He's on the road to sixty-nine. <laughs> No, no, yeah, yeah, you can do that if you want. That's his point. He's like, I'm going to 69 with this belt, baby. <laughs> That's yeah, I don't That's think amazing. He'll, I don't think he'll lose it. He might lose that like, at 69, but... That's awesome. 
So Zen, uh, a weekend well spent, would you say? Oh, yes. Uh, would you do it again? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> What's next in the world of indie? That's uh, possible. Uh, what's next on the Zendy schedule? <laughs> well, uh, GCW's already annan- announcing their shows for November. Uh, Slab City. Uh, it's going to be in California. <laughs> oh, road trip. Oh, there you go. Vacation, uh, and it's Joey Janela versus AJ Gray, which, you know, Ooh. I already told them, just take my money now because I'm mm. going to buy it. Uh <laughs> And then it's just going to be catching up with uh, the shows that come in between. I think Slamilton is next for Black Label Pro, which is a promotion that I've really been trying to follow. I think they're doing a really good job of um, building a community at Black Label Pro. Uh, And they've also really made me love Kylie Rae, which I never thought that I would ever say. It's a tough sell. I mean. <laughs> we all looked at Corey. It's a yeah, tough, I like your brother. It's a tough sell. Don't get me wrong. Her gimmick is a bit much, but the people they pair her with in that ring, goddamn, like it says something when you only will book a woman against male wrestlers hmm. in the Indies. Thank you for saying what you just said. Reminds me of something Jim Cornette also said on last week's podcast. Oh, it's God. a problem with AEW, but it works with indies. You just said it. Part of their issue is, part of what makes a successful wrestling promotion is pairing the right people mm. with the right people. That is just as important as every other aspect of it. You see what it's done for Kylie Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, she's okay in Impact. I don't have an issue with her. Honestly, she hasn't wrestled enough for me to, for her to win me over in the ring, I hear she's magnificent. The match I saw over here where she took on Alex Zane, maybe? Maybe Blake Christian? I can't remember who it was. Blake Christian. That was a really good match. Um, he was another one that stood out all weekend to me. And I'm hoping that she gets the shot. I mean, she looks like she's going to win the Knockouts title at Bound for Glory, which is the show I'm looking forward to next. Yeah. They've actually really built that up well. And... Um, I expect her to win. You know, I don't want to say anything bad because we all have our demons and we all have things that keep us from achieving the things that we want. But I definitely think there is something to be said about sometimes you're just more comfortable without the spotlight on you. And Mm -hmm. that is very obvious for her. And I think it works really well. And knowing your boundaries and what you're comfortable with is a really important piece of growing as a person. And I think she's done the best for herself in sticking with the indies. And honestly, I I can't watch her in Impact. It's the yeah. same kind of thing that was happening in AEW. Her gimmick was not working for me and the people that she was paired with just didn't carry her to another level. I th- there the last couple of weeks she showed a more aggressive side, uh, which has kind of opened the gimmick a little. Um you're absolutely right, though. There is nothing wrong with finding where you're most comfortable and doing that and excelling there instead of pushing yourself to do maybe something you're not really set to do. There's, I mean, I, I do that all the time. I'll be the first to admit, I, I know where my lane is and I stick in it. I don't push myself out. And so, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that at all. So if that's what she's doing and it works for her, Fantastic. 
Yeah, I mean, I would recommend to anyone that says I'm not a Kylie fan to go watch her Black Label Pro matches. The first one I watched was her versus Eric Stevens, and then her versus AJ Gray, and then her versus Blake Christian, uh, and most recently, and then? Josh, Josh Alexander. Alexander. He's good. Uh, and so she... You're forgetting one. I am forgetting one. Alex Shelley. That's right, Alex Shelley. <laughs> Oh my god. That's the one I watched. Watch the Alex Shelley <laughs> Kylie Ray match. I will watch anything Alex Shelley. Well, that's that's a weird thing for Corey. Like, why do I Yeah, I mean like No, that <laughs> match was bonkers. Cause you can tell that there's a relationship there too, and they trust a lot in each other. And so again, Kylie Ray knows what she's comfortable with. And it says something when uh when wrestling companies will only book you against men. You it's, know, that's it's not hyperbole to say that the majority of the guys coming up, and women, in this generation of indie talent, to them, Alex Shelley is what William Regal is to me. Mm-hmm. Like, he is... It's been a 20-year vet, but he was that... He's that good, and he's been that good from day one, and he's the guy that they all looked up to. Like, I want to wrestle like him. And the fact that he's coming back now and working with them is awesome. And he hasn't lost a step. He took time away to finish college, and now he's a... Um, Body physics scientist. Uh, I can't remember the term. Physical therapist? Yes, that's it. I'm tired. (laughs) Physical (laughs) therapist. Yes. But still, he came back to wrestling. That's awesome. Um, He won the title from uh, Kylie Ray, so we'll see him a lot more in Black Label Pro. I know he he worked for them the first time recently, and he really put that company over on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm not surprised. That's good. It's good to see. And the only other thing I will say is because we talked a lot about East Coast Midwest wrestling, uh, I would still highly encourage anyone to check out Champions from Hollywood because it does feature some of our favorites. Four Minutes of Heat has been fucking fantastic mm-hmm. on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's available on YouTube and is also available on Fight TV as a weekly uh, episodic. You know what? We've already kind of lost Hammerstone in the Northwest. Yeah. <laughs> I get the feeling in 2021... Well, he's, running, he's running from that ass being chat's going to give him. We're Pretty going, much. We're going to lose four minutes of heat, I think. Yeah. They're going oh, they're to explode. Getting, yeah. They're, they're getting uh, there. That sucks, but it's good. You know, I'm happy for him, but at the same time, I, it's like... You know what's crazy is... Uh, so, obviously, I'm not as into the indies yet mm-hmm. as Corey and Zenner. Uh, but when they walked out... On Pow, that first show, I was like, this is this fucking team is awesome. Whoever the fuck this is, <laughs> this is great. <laughs> they're fantastic. I agree. They're so, they're so good. But uh, Hammerstone chat's going to cut you. I agree. Well, Joe, can I, uh, I, I break the news to Corey? Uh, one, okay. more one more thing. One more thing. Corey, oh, uh, how's your G1 going for you? Oh, oh it's, uh, well, it depends on what block you're talking about. The A block is fantastic. Um, I'm seeing, it I'm, sounds that way. Yeah. I'm seeing my boy Toriano not doing so well anymore. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. First of all, yeah. uh, the B Baby block, back bullshit. The B block where Toriano is is no. not been great. Damn it! Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your your views are uh, skip this. We'll don't worry this about one. it. The A block, however, <laughs> is fucking fantastic <laughs> night after night. Fantastic. The other night they had like three matches, three and three quarters or above, including a five star match between Shingo and Okada. That is every bit as awesome. Kota Ibushi and Minoru Suzuki had a match that's like one long fight in a martial arts movie uh, <laughs> without any breaks, flubs, or anything. It just one that's take. Awesome. Just one take to the end. 
It was fucking fantastic. What was your five-star match from the weekend? Okada and Shingo. The oh, wow. It was fucking awesome. Yeah, I saw five stars. I was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, Jay White. Looks like Jay White might be uh, turning. That's an interesting storyline. Where Evil seems to be fucking with Jay White and making him not trust Gato and the Bullet Club in general. And you you're there. You could tell there were too many big names in Bullet Club that one was going to break out. Mm-hmm. And trust me. Switchblade Jay White as a baby face is going to be fire. Spark my words. That's awesome. It lo- I wouldn't be surprised, in fact, if the finals is evil versus Jay White. Because it looks like they could both win their... The Bullet Club versus Bullet yeah. Club type thing. Oh, okay. But it's been... A Block has been great. B Block has been hit or miss. I, 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 <laughs> we've, we've noticed that you hit your, yeah. uh, your, like, your midlife crisis skips. at the yeah. G1... Your G1 midlife crisis. My mid-show... My mid-league fatigue. Yep. Uh, if it's got Tanahashi or Naito, it's probably pretty good in the B Block. Everything else. Like, uh, <laughs> you can go ahead and skip that if you want. <laughs> That's awesome. That's funny. Um, there were some... We're ending. We're ending with this. There are we're, we're some more draft picks. God damn it. Okay, that's we're, not what my back to that. thing was. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to save you for last. Oh, okay. Um. So Raw drafted on TV. Titus O'Neil, Peyton Royce. God damn it. Akira Tazara. Mm-hmm. Uh, where so is that? Uh, Lana. Okay. Riddick Moss. Okay. And Arturo Ruiz. So nothing changes. Yep. Cool. Uh, SmackDown gets Carmella. Wow. Alistair Black. Okay. Ooh. With Kevin Owens. With Kevin Owens. <laughs> Makes sense. All right. Uh, <laughs> Same storyline. And as we were talking earlier in the show, how they don't have women, uh, Natalia and the Riot Squad. Oh, my God. I mean, there's oh. bodies, but... That's not talent. <laughs> uh, well, don't worry. I can make it worse. I mean, watching, uh, looking at Liv Morgan's not the worst thing in the world. Hey, uh, it's true. hey Devin. Yep. Make it worse. Let's make it worse. Uh, the battle royal's over. Mm-hmm. Oscar has an opponent. Who? I'll give you one guess. It's Eva Marie. No, no. It's, she, uh, she, it's pretty bad, but not she, that bad. She, she no showed. Oh, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. No, no. That'd be hilarious. Uh, well, it was down to Lacey Evans and I believe Natalia. Oh fucking! Uh, Natalia <laughs> eliminated Lacey Evans, but there was someone else who snuck back in and dumped Natalia, and that oh, person they is. They haven't done that a thousand times. The number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship is Lana. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Corey. See you later. Yes. Uh, WWE. Yes! WWE. I yes! believe you just lost Corey. Yes. You just lost the database. The number one. Let me show you one more time. The number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship is Lana. Yep. <laughs> so at Hell in a Cell. <laughs> it will be that blood food Oscar versus Lana. <laughs> Fight forever. Uh, Corey, your thoughts? You want to put the headphones back in? So, so how you feel, bud? And for that being said, <laughs> Jerry, wanna... that fucking company. Uh, for that being said, you can listen to all of our lovely podcasts at No So Entertainment, and you can listen to all of our podcasts anywhere that you listen to podcasts. And uh, Lana's the number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> <laughs>